Thanks for joining us for another inspiring message from Pastor Derek Dunn, Senior Pastor of City Harvest Church in Orange County. To find out more about City Harvest or Pastor Derek, please visit chcus.org or derekdunn.org. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at chcus and at cyberderek. So glad to, uh, to be back and uh, had a busy week. I was in Atlanta dealing with some family matters uh, with my mom and I flew in yesterday, but just really as I was preparing, uh, really felt a sense of destiny on what I have to share uh, with you this morning. Amen. And uh, the title of my message is called The Fire of God. Wow. Oh, come on. Some of you just need some more fire. Turn to somebody who looks like they need some fire and say, you need some more fire in your life. Christianity, our walk, our Christian faith without fire is nothing more than religious works. If we're not careful, we can get them in the mechanics in our prayer life. We can get in the mechanics in our praise and worship. We can get in the mechanics in our offerings. And what are we doing? We're just going through the motions. We're doing the form, but it's lacking fire or it's lacking power in our life. Jesus said that, that as we come, that we would receive power from heaven. Amen? That word power, as the, as the Holy Spirit comes upon us, is the word dunamis. It means dynamite. Oh, we got real quiet here this morning. Amen. Come on. I know it's Sunday morning, but how many of you need some dynamite in your life? Amen? That's what the Holy Spirit came. The, the church was set up. They had a, a form of worship, but it was dead. They brought their sacrifice, but what did they do? They brought their blind sacrifices, their lame sacrifices. They went through the motion, and God said it was yucks. Come on. Because why? They weren't putting their heart into what they were doing. And God said, if you want to worship me, if you want to seek me, you must seek me with all your heart, with all your strength, with all that's in you, or it's not acceptable to me. Why? Because he's God. Amen? Amen. And so God wants us, as we come to him, it, he wants us to be uh, in re, uh, coming in a response to love, in response to passion, in response as he gave it all for us, like we sang this morning. He's worthy of all our praise. Come on, that was a great place to shout and give the Lord a big clap offering this morning. If that doesn't come natural to us, then we're lacking fire in our life. Tell your neighbor, you need some more fire. Matthew 3 and verse 11, Jesus told the disciples, he said, uh, John said this, he said, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but he who is coming is mightier or greater than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. It says he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire, fire. with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Some of us say, well, I've got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And what do we do? We pray goo goo gaga, goo goo gaga, and we think we got it. That's not the fullness of what we're supposed to have. It's not just about praying in tongues. You know, sometimes as charismatics, all we do is we, we put so much emphasis on praying in tongues. But that's the doorway to, to, to entering into a relationship. As we've been talking about the kingdom of God, it's a doorway into entering into the righteousness, the peace, and joy that flows out of our heart. It flows into our lives and into the, uh, the lives of others. Jesus said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And the Bible says he's speaking of the Holy Spirit. So what should be the distinctive of people that look at us, that we have passion, that we've got fire, come on, that there's life that flows out of us. If not, we're a contradiction to what Jesus said we're supposed to be walking in as a believer. What's the problem in the church that we, we have today? And I'm talking about the body of Christ. We have a power failure. We live just like the world. 
We're struggling just like they're struggling. Come on. We just spiritualize it. We just blame the devil. But there's no victory. But Jesus said he came to destroy the works of the devil. He said, I came to give you life and that you would have life more abundantly. Check your life level this morning. Check your passion level this morning. Check for those that are watching on net, on the internet and couldn't get out of bed this morning. Come on. I was listening to the radio the other day, and someone on the radio, it was a Christian radio station, it was, it was, and they said, look, well, I'm kind of in between churches right now, so I just watch online. Christian radio station. And so the announcer kind of laughed about it, said, well, how was it? Oh, it's kind of great. You know, it's, you can still get teaching. You can still get word. You can still, that ain't the church. I, I love, thank God for resources and podcasts and Facebook Live and all those things. And, you know, people, when you're sick, you can still kind of tune in. I'm not against technology. Come on, we use it. But that's not the church. The church is about being passionate to come and to honor God. How can we say we honor God? We can be on time to work, but we can't even show up on time to church. Are you here? And I understand we got people coming, driving. I mean, we hit traffic sometimes. We oversleep. It's not a legalistic thing, but we need to check our heart. We need to check our fire level. We need to check our passion level. Are you here? Because if we're not giving all to God, it's not acceptable to him. Our praise isn't acceptable. Our worship isn't acceptable. Our offerings aren't acceptable. And what happens? We get disillusioned. We get upset with God. And we say, God, why aren't you blessing me? Well, what you're getting is you're getting a broken down, lame blessing. Because that's what you're sowing. Are you here? How many of you want to reap blessing in your life? Give all, your all to God. Yeah. Don't be giving bad things away. I have a great friend, Pastor Phil Pringle, and he used to give away old guitars. He's a musician. And so he would take his old guitars and he would start sewing them and giving them to people. And all of a sudden, he started getting all these old guitars given back to him. <laughs> and he came and said, why is everyone giving me old guitars? And God said, because that's what you're sewing. Wow. You reap what you sow. So he started buying new guitars for people, and guess what? He started getting new stuff. Yeah. Are you here? The harvest doesn't come back different than the seed. Yeah. Are you here this morning? Yeah. In your marriage, what you sow and your passion and the love and the, the fire that you show, sow into your marriage is what you're going to reap. Yes. Your passion and your studies and the, the, the fire you put towards your education is going to show what you get out of it. Yes. Some of us wish we could wind back the clock because we forgot everything. Because we just took our test. Are you here? Yeah. Into our children. What, what do we want to instill? Passion, fire for God. I saw a statistic and it said for ch- uh, parents that have a father and mother and they bring their children to church, 77% of those children remain in church after they get older. Wow. For a mom who brings the kids alone, it's down to 24%. Oh, wow. Are you here? Yeah. And for those that didn't bring their kids... And didn't make God a priority, it's less than 5% that continue in the things of God and worshiping God and honoring God. Say amen or oh me, wow. What does that show? Why? Because we can tell our kids what to do, but if we don't emulate passion, they're not going to follow us. All it is is religious duty. Come on. You know, and, and we'd rather stay out late on Saturday and sleep in on Sunday. Come on. We'd rather do other things. Why? Because it's a duty. You can't be in a marriage if there's no passion. It's not going to last. 
You can't be in, in a job if there's no passion. We can't be in our relationship with God if there's no passion. And that's what Jesus said. He wanted to bring forth the Holy Spirit and bring forth fire into our life. What kind of fire it is? It's not a fire to destroy us. The Bible tells us in Exodus 3 and verse 1, Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert. And he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flame of fire in the midst of the bush. And so he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire. But what does it say? But the bush was not consumed. See, God is a a fire. He wants to consume our lives in the sense of that he takes on the fullness. Our life is filled with God, but he doesn't destroy us. He doesn't come to, to hurt us. Come on, fire can burn. Fire destroys. We saw the fires in Northern California, North LA, it destroys this devastation that's there. And sometimes we think, well, if I give myself to God, if I get too passionate, if I get too on fire from God, I'm going to miss out, I'm going to lose out. That's not the God that we serve. The bush was not consumed, but what happened is he walked over to it. God said, take off your shoes. This place that you're, you're on, it's holy ground. You've got to honor me if you want to be my presence. If you want the fire, you've got to come before me with the right posture. And as he took off his shoes and he began to acknowledge God and he began to come with an attitude, a heart towards God, with a heart of hunger, a heart of desiring more, wanting to know who this God was. God revealed himself as the great I am. And what did he do? He gave him a purpose. He gave him a future. He said, you're going to go to Pharaoh, and you're going to represent me, and you're going to do great things, and you're going to deliver my people. And it was overwhelming to him. And what did he say? He said, well, I'm a bit old. What did he say? He said, I don't speak very well. He came with all his excuses and all the limitations that he had. Are you here? Come on, tell your neighbor there's hope for you. But what did God say? He said, it's not by my, you're my might or, or by, by my power. It's by the fire of God that's going to be in your life and the passion. And, and you're going to see the supernatural. And I'm going to deliver my people supernaturally. It's not going to be you. It's going to be me. But God has chosen to pour out his spirit upon men and women, young men, old, old, old men. Come on. Young women and old women and middle-aged people. Come on. There's... No excuse for any of us. Because that's what God wants to do. Turn your neighbor and say, you need some fire. The world is looking for fire. The world is looking for the reality. They're hungry for the supernatural. Every television show is about vampires and witches and magic and all this kind of stuff going on all the time. Why? They love the supernatural. Young people are hungry for the supernatural. You know, the, they have the, the psychic hotline and you can call up. Now you, you drive down the street and they have you know, these places to come to get your future read. Yeah. And people are, are looking at that and you can see it's growing in pro- pro- prom- prominence. Hollywood, you know, they have the, the guru of the stars. They're directing them in their careers and they're, they're, they're hungry for the supernatural. But it's strange fire. It's not the real fire. Come on, the real fire comes from the Holy Spirit. It's it's a perversion. It's a counterfeit of the gifts of the Spirit. It's a counterfeit of hearing from God. It's a counterfeit of having God involved in our life. People say, well, you can't be a Spirit-filled church. People won't come. People are hungry for that. Churches in America are closing down huge buildings that they can't fill them anymore. Why? Because everybody who grew up in the church, they're getting gray-headed and they're dying. 
Population's on a decline. Hundreds of churches close down every single day. It's between one to 200 churches that close down. New churches can't keep up with the old churches. Why? Because there's a power failure. But we see on the day of Pentecost when the power of God was poured out, what happened? Revival broke out. People were hungry. They looked at these people. They were so filled with life. They said, these guys are drunk and it's noon. What party did they come from? And they said, They're not, we're not drunk as you suppose. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. There was fire. There was passion in their lives. When's the last time somebody looked at you and said, hey, what wrinkle cream do you look? Because you look, you look like you're so young. You look younger. You look younger than the last year's high school reunion. Come on. What have you done? Is, that a new, is it something new that you're doing? You, there's, there's just something about you. And I've seen that, you know, when you, we, I was in Atlanta and, and uh, Samuel went with me and we were helping and we're cleaning out my mom's house and we met and we met these old timer people that, that are in their 80s at this point in time. And they were involved in Russia when the wall fell down and, you know, one of the ladies, she was you know, old and a little bit frail but on fire. She turned to him and said, son, you got a glow on your face. Keep the glow. Keep your purity. You'll never lose out serving God. He'll put a fire in your bones and he'll give you the most exciting life that you can ever live. Come on. When you put God first in your life, don't go after other things that will burn you. But go after that all-consuming fire. Are you here? And that's what we need to have in our lives. And you can see them. And even though they're, they're in their 80s, they look like they're probably in their 60s. You ever notice that people, got, people really got the glory on them? You know, they spend time in the presence of God. You know, it, it's, it's the greatest thing to keep you looking young. Come on, it's better than what vitamins or whatever supplements you can take or whatever facial cream you can put on. It's the anointing of God. When they had the glory of God upon them in the Old Testament, what happened? Their shoes didn't wear out. They didn't grow. They weren't frail. Joshua and Caleb were as strong in that day as they were when 40 years before. Moses, his eyesight didn't wear out because he was in the glory of God. He was in the presence of God. There's something that sustains us in passion. When you lose passion, you lose fire, what happens? You die. Statistics will tell us those that retire, they lose purpose. They live shorter lives. And I'm all for retiring, but what do you do? You retire and get a retirement check and just do something else. Serve God, do something else. My dad's retired four times and he's still going. Energizer, but still, still involved and, and, and prospering because why? We don't stop. We, we keep, when there's passion, you don't want to sit in a lazy boy chair and just flip through the, the channels of the TV and veg out on television. There's purpose, there's destiny that's in our lives, and it keeps us alive. It keeps us passionate, it keeps us on fire. The world is looking for that fire. There's two kinds of fire there's hellfire, and there's the fire of the Holy Spirit. One destroys us. People go out and they're looking for life. They're looking for something that, that moves them, and makes them on fire. You know, so what they do, they look for a relationship. They want the passion, the fire of romance. You know, there was a song in the 50s and it said, you know, what was it called? Jim Morrison from The Doors wrote, come on, baby, light my fire. I just dated myself. But, you know, it was before my time, but a classic, come on, baby, like my So what, you get involved in a relationship because you want fire, you want passion, you have an urge for a merge, and you get burnt. Come on. And in the 50s, 60s, there were a lot of people passing around a lot of things. Come on. 
That was a fire that destroyed. It wasn't a fire that, that brought passion. Why? Because it doesn't satisfy. We can have a fire for, for business. And we can heap up resources. We can drive the nicest cars. We have the nicest things. But it doesn't satisfy. There's only one thing that will satisfy our heart. Billy Graham said in every one of us, there's a hole in our heart that can only be filled with God. There's a passion and longing that can only be filled with God. Are you here? Amen? When the Holy Spirit comes, he doesn't destroy us. He comes and he refines us. He comes and he puts passion in us. He comes and he puts life in us. He comes and he puts vision. And he gives us a purpose and a hope and a future far above what we can think or imagine. Come on, if you believe that, give the Lord a big hand. Amen? You say, well, I've been baptized with the Holy Spirit for 25 years, Pastor. What are you preaching about? Well, how's your fire level? The Bible talks about the handmaidens, the virgins, and what happened? Their oil ran out. Their fire ran out. They had it, but they stopped looking. They stopped living with purpose. If you don't fan the fire in your life, it can get squelched out with the cares of life, the pride of life, the deceitfulness of riches, the busyness of life. So what do we do? We try to operate in our gift. We try to operate in our talent, but there's no oil. You can't run your car without oil. What does it happen? It burns up. When you ignite, turn on the ignition, what is that? That's the fire starter that turns the car on. But if there's no oil, it gets hot. It burns out. It starts smoking. It can't function. There's no power to it. And eventually, you're going to burn that engine out and destroy it and have to get it rebuilt. Come on. Some of us may be in that place where we're faithful, but we're not having that fire. Maybe our fire is flickering. But come on today, let God fan the fire. Let the Holy Spirit come and fan the fire in our lives. So we're doing things out of passion. We're doing things because it just flows out of us rather than out of duty or out of obligation. Are you here? Prayer should not be a duty. Worship should not be a duty. Coming to church should not be a duty. Evangelism should not be a duty. It's something we say, whoa, am I if I don't do it because there's something on the inside of us. Even when they, they try to stop, say, stop it, don't do it, you're being too radical, I can't help it. Because I've seen, and I've heard, and I've received what's real, and I just got to tell somebody. Well, brother, you're just very immature as a Christian, just wait for a while. Don't let anybody put out your fire. Come on, let's add some maturity to it. You know, we don't want to be preaching false doctrine and get people saved, but we're preaching the wrong doctrine. Get some, but don't get so theologically sound that, but you got no fire. You know all the scriptures, you got all the word, but you have no spirit. You have no fire. We got to be a spirit-filled church. The most exciting life we can live, we say, is the the life as a Christian. It's the spirit-filled life. Are you here? When worship is spirit-filled, it takes us to another level. When the the word is spirit-filled, when serving is spirit-filled, it takes us to to another level. There's excitement, there's passion. 1 Kings 18, verse 24. The Bible says, and God is a God who answers by fire. He is God. Malachi 3, verse 2, it says, but who can endure the day of his coming and who can stand when he appears? For he is a refiner's fire. You can't say you got God if you got no fire. Because one of the attributes that God talks about the most, he's a God who brings forth fire into our lives. Hebrews 12 verse 29, it says, for our God is a non-destructive, consuming fire. 
Revelation 2, verse 18 says of Jesus and the Son of God, he has eyes, eyes that, that shoot forth like flames of fire. That's the God that we serve. Well, I've seen Jesus. Well, sometimes we see the little Jesus there with a you know, little, little shepherd's rod and the little children and a lamb there. Come on, Jesus, when you see him, he's, he's going to have fire in his eyes. He's going to come and establish his kingdom. He's going to come. He's passionate about his people. He's passionate about saving people. Amen. There's different attributes of God, but one of them is attribute of fire. Three things that happen when you ask God to fill you with fire. How many need some more fire in your life? Come on. Need some more fire in your marriage. Need some more fire in your worship. Need some more fire in your walk with God. We can never get enough. There's always more. Tell your neighbor, say there's more. Three things that happen. Number one, when the fire of God comes, it burns out the bad roots that are producing the bad fruits in your life. If you got bad roots, you're going to have bad fruit. If you don't like what is being produced in your life, and some people, they're trying to overcome addiction, they're trying to overcome different things. But the only thing that really will burn up the root is fire. It's not someone telling you what to do. To him who knows to do right and doesn't do it, the Bible says it's sin. But, but what's, what would Paul say? The things I want to do, I don't do. The things that I don't want to do, I end up doing. It's not about knowing. Come on, hello. Come on, you knew not to, to steal the cookies when your mom said you could only have one. But something in you said, I want three. Come on, you knew not to eat the whole bag of potato chips. But something in you just said, they're so good, one more. Come on, you knew the boundaries in relationship, but something said it feels good, do it, hey. I got real quiet here in this Presbyterian church this morning. It's not about knowing what is the thing. It's, is there a fire that's burning in your heart that's stronger than the passion, the fire of the flesh? When the fire of God comes, what does it do? It burns out the bad roots. There's a Chinese proverb that says this. It says, if you want to remove the bad fruits, you must remove the bad roots. Some wisdom in that. Deal with the root, not the symptom. And so many times, you know, I'm all for counseling, but sometimes counseling, you've been going for counseling for three years. It's not about understanding the problem. It's not about knowing what to do. You need some power in, that, in your life to get rid of the root. You need some stuff to be broken over your life. And there's a need for that. I'm not, we got counselors in here. I, we do pastoral counseling, but I call it pastoral care. I can't be every week just, you know, listening, just, we, we're called to do other things too. I can't do that. And there's people that, you know, you need that for a season and walking through stuff. But I've seen people when they get the power of God and the fire of God comes in their life. Come on, when, when the fire of God comes and burns out generational curses over your life, come on. When, when, when there's fire of God comes and delivers, come on, the thoughts, the wrong thoughts sometimes stop. Because you, you are not fighting flesh and blood. Are you here? And so counseling is great. We need to deal with the emotions and we need to walk through things. And we need to, you know, to, to rationalize. We need to understand it. That's great. But sometimes it's not just about that understanding. You need the power of God. You need the fire of God to come and change. And I've seen people that had addiction to cigarettes and, and the fire of God came and they never had another desire for that cigarette and they stepped on it and broke that thing and never did. I've seen people delivered from drugs. I've seen people delivered from many different things when the fire of God comes. Amen. And God can move different ways, but there's something about having the fire of God. Are you here? Amen. 
the sin patterns we struggle with, sometimes it's because there's wrong influences in our life. And we've got to have the roots burnt out of our life. The blood of Jesus comes and it cleanses us and forgives us. And he baptizes us with the spirit and with power and with fire. Peter had a problem with his mouth. Anyone else can relate? Always saying the wrong thing. James and John, let's call down fire and burn them up, Jesus. They're not for us, they're against us. What did Jesus say? You don't know what spirit you're of. But what did Jesus say when he, when he saw Peter? He didn't say, Peter, have you changed? How's it going, Peter? Are you still putting your foot in your mouth all the time? What did he say? He said, do you love me? What did he say? Where's your fire and your passion level? Because if you love me and you have fire and you have passion, I'm going to fill you with my spirit. And he said, you guys need to wait because you ain't doing a good job on your own. It's not enough just to know you've heard my teachings, but you're still messing up. And Peter waited. And because of love, they began to seek God. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit filled that place that they were assembled. And tongues of fire came upon them. And what happened? Peter became a different man. He was transformed by the power of God. Are you here? Amen? There was a great fire in London that happened many years ago. And the fire of London, it came and it destroyed most of London and they had to rebuild. But one thing they saw when they were, after the fire happened in the wintertime, when the springtime came, that was the time when, when there would always be an outbreak and a rise in what we call the bubonic plague. And uh, they realized that as they began to go and they began, now it's called, uh, you know, the, the bubonic plague, they began to go under the city and when they went in the city to excavate, to tear out what was burnt down, they found rats that were as big as cats. And not only were there rats, but there were mounds of dead fleas. And what they realized was when the fire came, it began to deal with the root of the issue. The issue was these fleas were infecting the rats and the rats were infecting people. And that's why there was a plague. But when the fire came and it burned out the roots, come on, all the dead cats and all the fleas, all that was destroyed. And London to today has never had a problem with bubonic plague. Come on, give the Lord a big hand. Amen. They were plagued with disease. But when the fire came, the roots were taken care of. They would never suffer from that again. Some of us, maybe we're having a root of fear in our life. Maybe there's things that we're struggling with. Maybe there's a spiritual disease that we're struggling with. We need the fire of God to come and to burn out the root. Are you here? Amen? The fire is not activated until we say, Jesus, I need no more of you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I want you, and I don't want these things. I don't want the power over my life. Jesus, I don't want to feel weary and well-doing. I want to burn with a flame. My heart, my heart is a wick, and you are the flame that burns in my heart. Beautiful song. When that happens, what happens? God begins to come and deal with the roots. And as fire comes in our life, we see things begin to be transformed. Come on, we need the fire of God to burn the roots to get rid of the bad fruits that we don't like that are being produced in our life. Number two, are you learning something this morning? Yes. Number two, the fire will burn in us a holy passion for God. Not only does it burn out of us, but it burns in us a greater passion for God. The world's filled with lustful passion. The world's filled with perverted, unnatural passion. But God's passion is a pure passion. Come on. It, it doesn't destroy, 
but it, it energizes us, it inspires us. Come on, it, 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 it eads, leads us on. It's the spirit of God in our life that's burning as a fire in our life. The world has ca- captured the lust of the flesh. They manipulate it. We see when we look at media and we look at so many things that's there. And what are they doing? They're pushing the agenda. They're trying to shove things down our throat subtly to try to put things in and plant seeds in our heart. Come on, we need the fire of God to keep us pure. It's not about do's and don'ts. It's the fire of God in, in our lives because God's standard doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Come on, he's not, he doesn't change due to what culture says. His values are the same. The Ten Commandments hasn't become 25. It's still his values that are there. Are you here? Amen? So the passion, the fire of the world, it gets burnt out. You know, we, a great star, Mick Jagger, he's more than his 50s, but what does he say? He says, I can't get no satisfaction. I can't get no satisfaction. And that's many times the world. It's not enough. There's never more. It's a driving thing. We get burnt, but we keep trying. We get in debt, but we keep dreaming and keep doing things the wrong way. Come on, we need the fire of God in our lives. Amen. Jesus said, the issue is always the heart. The heart of the matter is always the matter of the heart. And that's why we need to guard our heart with all diligence. Because out of it flows the issues of life, amen? When our heart is burning, when our heart is filled with God, come on, we're not consumed by what, what is unclean. Every place that our feet tread, we walk in dominion. Why? Because there's a fire that's burning in our heart, and it, it catches and it spreads to other people. There's power in our life. Not a power to destroy, not a power to condemn, but it's conviction. I always remember the story of Smith Wigglesworth, and he was on a plane, on a, on a train, it was a man that was reading his newspaper, and he was just sitting there. And the man put down the newspaper and said, my God, man, you convict me of my sin. And he just smiled. Why? Because there was such fire. He was so full of the Holy Spirit. Just his very presence brought conviction. Because of what he carried, because of what, being so filled with God. Come on, we need some people like that. Come on, walk around. We don't have to say a word. We don't need to go. People say, stop preaching to me. I don't even need to preach. St. Ignatius said, preach the gospel and use words only when necessary. When our life is filled with God, our life is filled with fire, what happens? It, it begins to influence us. It does two things. We get two reactions. We either get angry and uncomfortable, or if we're really hungry, it brings us conviction, which leads to repentance, which leads to the fire of God coming forth in our life. Come on, be a fire starter. Tell two people, be a fire starter. Be a fire starter at Whole Foods. Come on. Be a fire starter in L.A. Come on, be a fire starter in your connect group. Don't be always coming in there and, okay, CG, connect group leader, see what you can do this week and rescue me. I'm just here, you know, and. Come with a wrong attitude. Come on, be a fire starter. Encourage somebody. Be an encourager. Wake up in the morning and say, good morning, Holy Spirit. What you got for me today? Are you here? When you walk into Starbucks, be a fire starter. Share some love. Be kind. Everywhere I go, I, I engage people. And the response I get, people, you know, they have the colloquial response. Hi, how are you? But it's actually just how are you and they don't really care. It's like, how are you? And then they move on, and they, you pay for your groceries. But I always will say, 
I'm great. How are you? And they'll always say, thanks for asking. Why? Because most people aren't asking. Come on, showing interest in others, letting fire, passion flow through our lives. When we begin to do that, what happens? We begin to touch other people. Amen? What is the thing that a husband wants from his wife above all? Some of us don't know. Come on. Uh, huh? Passion. Come on. A wife wants, a husband wants his wife to be his greatest cheerleader. To be his greatest encourager. That's why because behind every successful man is a woman who made him successful. Because when he thought of quitting 20 times, she said, you can do it. I believe in you, baby. Come on. But who is our bridegroom? It's Jesus. Are you here? What is he wanting from us? He's wanting passion. You know, I first married Susan. You know, Susan was a little bit concerned. You know, she got married. She came from the, the marketplace. And now she, she's not been around big ministries. She's not been around big ministers. And, you know, now we're sitting at this table of, with many of these greats. And it was a little like, well, what are we going to talk about? What is it going to be like? It can be a little thing. You know, I'm marrying a pastor, but I, I never wanted to marry a pastor. I never wanted to be a pastor. I didn't want to be a pastor's wife. But, you know, I wasn't concerned about all those things. What was I concerned? That smile and that twinkle in her eye that she had and that, that passion. Come on, that, you know. She told me I was her favorite preacher, you know, and she still does. Come on. There's a lot of it, but she's, I'm her favorite. Come on. Why? That's that encouragement. That's that fire. That's that passion. It's not about all the do's and don'ts and the requirements. Jesus is the same towards us. He's not expecting perfection. What does he want? Passion. Are we passionate about his presence? Are we passionate for him? If he asked us like he asked Peter, do you love me? Do you really love me? If you really love me, you're going to feed my sheep. If you really love me, you're going to love the things that I love. If you really are passionate about me, you're going to be passionate about the things I'm passionate about. You've seen couples that have been together for a long time. They start liking the same stuff. They start having the same passion, passion, their favorite restaurant. They start looking alike. Come on. Why? Because there's a passion that brings them into oneness. Two, now becoming one. And I'm not saying they're clones. They still have their individuality. But there's a passion. A woman who hated sports will still be there on Super Bowl Sunday. Because she's passionate about her husband. Are you here? Some of us are like, nope, nah. Well, you know, men. I don't know, most men. I mean, I don't, I don't like to shop. I like to buy. I know what I want. Come on. I know what I want. I go there. I find it. I grab it. And I check out. And I get out of there as fast as I can. And all the men said. But I have a wife that likes to shop. You know. You know. And you know, when you shop, you're just kind of liking to be together. So what are we here for? I don't know. Let's just look around. Let's just see if anything catches our eye. What do you think about this? What do you think about this? What do you think about this? I'm like, let's buy them all and get out of here. But that doesn't work. What does she want? How does it look on me? What? Passion about it, you know? 
So I learned, so I'm, when I used to shop with my wife, I, I know, I go there and I pick stuff out. This is great. Oh, poof, beautiful. Let's go. Come on. You know? So I, I pick it up. I've learned. I learned what it's about. Are you here? We're different. But let me tell you, the things that I don't enjoy, I, I will do it because I'm passionate. It's about spending time. It's love language of quality time. And that might not be quality to you. Come on. But it's quality to the person. So you do it. It's showing interest in what they're Because of passion. And that's what Jesus wants from us. That passion that burns into us. We're interested about the things he's interested in. We start loving the things that he loves. Why? Because we just want to be in his presence. We want to be where he is. We want to be in the center of what he's doing. And all the people said... You know, there's a man, John Wesley. He's the founder of the Methodist Church. And John Wesley, many people know about his revival and know about his great ministry and the effectiveness that he had. But John Wesley, when he first started his ministry, it was a flop. He came to the United States of America and to my state that I grew up in, Georgia. And when he came and he began to preach, when he began to minister, there were no results Why? Because he was religious. Why? Because he had the teaching, but he lacked passion. And he got on the boat and he went back and said, I'm going to quit the ministry. This isn't working. I'm a failure. And when he was on the ship on the way back, the ship went into a storm and they thought the the ship was going to be shipwrecked. And he was there and he's crying out out of fear that he wasn't right with God. And he saw a group of Christians that were down. On the, on, the, on the deck, and they were worshiping, and they were singing to God with such passion. And he cried out, and he said, God, I want what these people have. Because he had it here, but he didn't have it there. And when he got to England, he went to a church called Aldergate's Chapel. And he picked up a book written by a man whose name was Martin Luther. And when he read that book, he read, the just shall live by faith. It's not about do's and don'ts. It's not about works. It's not about religious duties. But it's about faith that comes through an encounter with Jesus Christ. And he said, I want to know you this way, Lord. And he wrote in his diary, he said, all of a sudden, I felt a deep warmth in my belly that came and there was a fire that came alive in my life. Come on, that's what we need. People are sick and tired of religion. Come on, they want the fire of God. They want the passion of God. And he, that passion started burning in his life as a young man and for 50 years he's known for riding 50,000 miles all through England, all through Europe on horseback. Come on, you see the statue there? And winning millions and a denomination was formed out of his ministry. What was the difference? It wasn't the knowledge he had. It was the encounter with the presence and the passion and the fire of God. And I'm sure there were years he had to fan fan that fire when he was riding through, you know, the the snow on his horse. When, When it was raining. Come on, it rains a lot in Europe. They don't have California weather. But what was the thing that kept him going when it was cold, when it was wet, when sometimes he had to sacrifice It was the fire of God. It was the passion for his presence. And that passion led to him not just having his life transformed. But number three, when we have the fire of God in our life, the fire will burn through us for the world. 
that's what God wants? How can we know that we're really passionate about God? Because we're passionate about people. How do you know you got the fire in your life? Because you're a soul winner. Why? Because Christ is a big part of your life. You know, I was talking to Pastor Les last night, and he said this about the church. He said, many people don't prioritize God. They try to fit God into their schedule rather than scheduling God in their life. And when you try to fit God into your schedule, usually there's no room for God. Great wisdom. But when you're passionate about God, come on, you're thinking about when you're in love and you start dating, come on, you're not thinking about work so much. You're thinking about getting off and going out on a date. When you're passionate about your family, you can't wait to get home. You can't wait for the weekend you get to spend time because you're passionate about your kids. Come on, you can't wait when it's Saturday. Come on, you're, 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 you get home and you're preparing your heart because Sunday is, is church day. It's the Lord's day. It's the day that I'm going to be with the family of God. It's the day I'm going to celebrate God. It's the day I'm going to honor him. I get to praise him and I worship him. And I can do that all through my week. But there's something about the saints coming together and being a part of the family of God because he's passionate about his church. And when you're on fire for God and you're passionate about God, God you're, you're passionate about his church. Come on. Didn't he say that he gave down, laid down his life for his church? Didn't he say that he would build his church and he'd defend her and the gates of hell would not prevail against the church of the living God? Come on. That's the passion that God has. He's passionate about serving. Come on, some of us, we run, in from, we run from Marvin when we see him. Because we're afraid he might ask us to usher. Uh-oh, there comes that redhead usher, Gwen, again. Go that way. No, come on, when you're passionate, you, what can I do to serve God? What can I do in the house of God? What can I do? Because I want to serve those that God loves. Serving becomes something that's an overflow of our passion for God. Are you here? Amen. Jesus said, In John 2, verse 17, he said, zeal for your house has eaten me up. Where's our passion level? Where's our zeal level? Is it eating us up? That word zeal in the Greek is the word fire. The fire for your house is eating me up. It's burning in my heart. I want to make your name great. Are you here? When the fire of God comes, I like the musicians to come. What happens? A holy passion comes in your life to build God's kingdom. You're living with eternity in your heart. You can't live with eternity in your heart without fire, without passion. We live for this world rather than knowing that this world is just preparation for eternity. Are you here? Amen. The day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came, but... When he came and he filled the whole room, it was like a mighty rushing wind. But what happened? The Bible says there appeared as tongues of fire upon their head. Why on their head? Why not on their hands? Why not on their feet? Why? Because God, I believe, prophetically was symbolizing that you need to see the fire in other people, not just look at what's in your life. How many know you can't really see your head unless you look in the mirror, of course? Come on, don't try now. You can see your hands, you can see, but God didn't want them looking at themselves. He wanted them looking at others and what God was doing. And out of that fire, what happened? Peter, now a man on fire, 
A man who was fearful of standing up for Christ denied him three times. What happened? That fire came and it burned in his heart and burned out that root of self-preservation, of pride. Come on, it burned in him. And now what did he want to do? He had a passion that burned out of him. And he could stand up between 3,000 people say we're not drunk as you suppose but we are filled with the Holy Spirit and this was spoken by the prophet Joel on your, on, on your men and your women, your old men your young men, I'll pour out my spirit in the last days he said this is fulfilled that Jesus who you crucified has risen from the dead and he sent forth the Holy Spirit and the life that you see upon us the boldness that's upon us you can have it too Every head bowed, every eye closed. Who wants that in their life? And 3,000 responded and said, this is real. This is transformational. He didn't do a theological Bible study. He demonstrated who God was. And then he told them what was happening before them. A man who denied Jesus three times. A man who many would look at as a failure. But he had a passion for Jesus. He had a passion for the one who forgave him. The one who said, Peter, it's all about you loving me. Do you love me? Are you passionate for me? Are you passionate for me? Are you my friend? Do you the passion for me? Do you agape me no matter what? What blessing I bring or where you're at or or what's in your life at this point, you still love me? whether my bank account's full or whether my bank account's running a little low, of how I feel, I walk by faith and not by sight. All of the the spiritual things that we teach, it all comes through a passion for Jesus Christ. If we don't have fire, we can't walk by faith and not by sight. We can't offer the sacrifice of praise. We're not going to bring our tithes and our offerings. We're not going to serve. We're not, if we're trying to do all those things without fire, it will never work. We're not going to win anyone to the Lord. We've been saved some 10 years and haven't won one person to the Lord. Where's the fire level in us this morning? I'm not here to condemn you. But come on, the word is a light unto our path. The word is a mirror in our life. We need, to, we need to get the fire of God alive in our hearts. Are you here? To where the roots of things that are having control over life, those roots are burned out so that we can be free to have the fullness of God in our life. The passion burning in us and that passion burning through us. Come on, let's stand on our feet this morning. Come on, the presence of God is here. Simple message this morning, but so foundational, so important. The Bible says examine yourself in the sight of God. Come on, let's examine our hearts today. Don't, don't be looking across the room. Don't be looking at anyone else. But come on, where's our passion level? Where's our fire? Come on, let's come to Jesus and say, come and fill me with your fire. Come and fill me. Come, come and, and, and God, refresh me. Come, God, I don't want to be weary and well-doing. I don't want to be running on empty. But I want a fire. I want a passion to be burning in my heart flowing from my heart. Come on, lift your hands. Just begin to talk to him this morning. Come on, when his fire comes, weariness goes. When his fire comes, there's joy. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. 
Father, baptize us afresh. Fill us afresh with your with your with your passion. Come on, come on. He responds to the hungry heart. Come on, just lift your hand. God, we're hungry for a move of God. We're hungry for more of you. Set a fire in our heart. Set a fire in our heart. Set a passion in our heart. We set aside, God, every distraction. We set aside the cares. God, that you would be first in our life. That you would be first in our life. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, fill us afresh. Come on, come on, with all your heart. With all your heart. God, let your fire come upon our this people. Your fire come upon this house, God. That it would burn fires of revival, God. That as people come and they step foot in this premise, they'll see people that are on fire. It's not about the building. It's not about the technology. But it's about the passion for your presence. The passion for the person of Jesus Christ. It's about making room for you, Holy Spirit, in our life. Because we desire you above all else. Only you can make us whole. Only you can heal. Only you can deliver. Only you can empower. Come on. Just take the next two minutes. Begin to reach out to him. Come on, begin to stir yourself up this morning. Oh, shut up, Baba, 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 Baba,